Hello and welcome to episode 246 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always and standing to sing the national anthem. Oh no, wait, don't worry about it now. <laughs> Freak, you can find me on Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Wait, it's back on. Oh, oh hang on. Wait. Oh no, it's, it's off again. I'll sit down again. Oh, okay. This is, uh, we're going to have to sort of squat. Yeah. Well, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, look, I'm I'm good. I uh, I'm, I'm weak at actual work has come to an end, so that's always good. That's yeah, that is good. That is good. And, um, you're you're drinking some uh, some water at the moment, I believe. Yeah, right? yeah. I like to stay hydrated. Um, hydration's important. It is. It is. What else is important? You know what else is important? Having really smooth balls, and you know what. If you go to manscaped.com and you pick yourself up a lawnmower 3.0 or the perfect package 3.0 and you go to the checkout and you put in the code NRL, it's like magic. You get 20% off and free shipping. And best of all, when it arrives at your place, right, and you just, you know, you, you manscape, you are going to get such well-received reviews about not only your testicles, but your penis. I'm just being honest here, okay? I'm not going to tart it up for you. Just So just go there and check it out. Put in our code NRL. The website is manscaped.com. They're our major sponsor. Support the people that support the Fergo and the Freak podcast and do it with smooth genitals. Absolutely. And you know what? November's coming up, so you can, yeah, you can create a bit of hair design downstairs to match the hair design you're going to put on your face. You know what? It's just for, for Movember, I might go with the landing strip, eh? Why not? Yeah, bugger it. It'd be a landing strip on a mountainous peak. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be good. It'd be good. There you go. Now, uh, let's get back to the national anthem, shall we? Yeah, that this was really good moment for the National Rugby League and Rugby League in general because this was uh, something that was not controversial at all until they made it controversial, which is well done to everyone involved. Like, within an hour, they announced they would scrap the National Anthem. Andrew Abdo come out with some fucking gobbledygook about why it wouldn't be uh, sung. And then within the hour, they'd backflipped and they decided they were going to sing the National Anthem. And it was just embarrassing for everyone involved. And can I say something, right? Mm. Anybody that says that Peter Volandis is a, a wartime consigliere is a fucking douchebag, <laughs> okay? If you say the words, he's a wartime consigliere, look in the mirror, right? Really look at yourself and just think, what a fucking douchebag. Because only a douchebag would say the Peter Volandis is a wartime consigliere, fucking douchebag. Yeah. Let, let's let's address a few things here. There's, every time you see something about the national anthem that that is, you know, about protesting it or not having it on, mm-hmm. you always get this small group of um, brain-dead dimwits who come out saying, our oh, Anzacs fought for that national anthem, and you've got to say to them... No, because that national anthem hasn't been around since. It's only been around since nineteen eighty four. 
Yeah. Um, but, well, our Anzacs know... fought for God Save the King and God Save the Queen. Bit yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, when they go to war, they don't go to war over some pissy fucking song. There's usually something a little bit more serious going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate this fact that I keep thinking that, oh, people die for it and people go to wars over it. No. Um, the other thing that came out of this story was that apparently Scott Morrison, who fucks off to Hawaii when the country's burning down around him, was within the space of a handful of minutes on the bluff, quick fucking smart to make sure the anthem was sung at State of Origin. He's got his priorities in the right order, this man. <laughs> it's interesting that he was right on it. Like, if that's the truth, if that's the truth, it's interesting. But, um, you know... There's a couple of things to, uh, I'd like to say. I think that it, the anthem is weirdly used by a lot of different people for their own means. So, like, as you say, you get people that say, oh, the Anzacs fought, and it's like, no. And then you get other people say, well, it's a an anthem that for, you know, 100 years has stood for oppression and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, it hasn't done that either. It's not that fucking old. But here's the thing that I think it all comes down to for me, and I tweeted this today. I don't understand how you can sing an anthem that has the phrase we are young and free. And then when somebody uses that freedom to just simply not sing the anthem out loud, you go off your fucking head and say it is not Australian, right? I I know you and me are just like, sing it, don't sing it, like whatever. You know, it doesn't really bother either of us. But I just find it strange that the people that are defending the anthem is like this sacred, like, song. And I don't mind if they think it's sacred to the Australian, I don't know, psyche or whatever. But how about they listen to the fucking words of it, man? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to say something. Yeah, I'm like a child for this. If ScoMo's listening, I'm sure he is. He's a rugby league fan. Um, Our anthem shit. I like it. I don't. I just think it's garbage. It's not, it's not entirely because of the, you know, the lyrics and stuff like that. I just think it's it sounds shit. Mm-hmm. The words are pretty garbage. I just find it all a bit, eh. I, I really like our anthem. I, I always sing it with pride when I go to the footy. Um, Do you cry when you sing it? I don't cry when I sing it. Do you but put I your mean, hand just... on your heart like a yank? No, I don't, because oh. I'm not a Yank. See, uh, I'm, I'm not sure you're singing the National Anthem correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like you you better sing young and free with your hand on your heart. You better fucking love it and cry, bitch. <laughs> Look, I've seen, uh, I, I've seen so many rugby league players when their people blow up and say, oh, they're not even singing the anthem, and, and they're like, I was trying not to burst out crying. I was so proud and honored and everything and so i think sometimes when people see that they they think that people are disrespecting the anthem when they're literally trying not to cry um but i I don't know you're free you're free to do whatever you want and i've got to say like you know a lot of these a lot of things that we see sometimes in the australian media and in the whirlwind of the media, uh, peripherally picked up from things that people have seen in the United States, and I and 
sometimes the reasons are changed, you know, and I think that that's fine, but I don't think it's the big controversy that the media really wants it to be. And I've got to, I've got to say to you, like, when we've seen the anthem, I like last year for the State of Origin, some players didn't sing the anthem. I can't tell you which ones they were. I didn't really care. I, I just, you know, it's a game. Of, I wasn't tuning in for the anthem. I was tuning in for the game of footy. Well, look, this, this is something that I was thinking about the other day, and that is, what is the actual point of national anthems? Like, they serve zero purpose, if we're honest. It's just a song. And why should we be singing it at sport? Like, if we don't sing a national anthem at sporting contests, where do we sing it? Hardly anywhere. Yeah, I, like, I'm trying to think the places I've seen that sung Look, if you, outside of sport is yeah. we used to sing it at school. Yes, occasionally. <laughs> I've, I've seen it sung at... Uh, like government events, like for instance, um, uh, presentations and and you know Australia Day ceremonies, obviously, and uh, things like that. But it's a good question. Like, why did we start having anthems? Yeah, like the whole purpose of anthems is I don't know, and so they serve zero purpose. Mm. And I'd be honest, I reckon probably 85, 90% of the time, anthems are played mostly around the world, not just Australia, but around the world, mm. uh, during, uh, before or during sports events. Yeah. You go away from that and they're barely heard. And the reason for that is they're pointless. And this is the thing that gets me about this whole people banging on about the anthem and how important it is. It's not. It's just a... I know for me, it's just it's just something that really, really white people care about a lot more than most people. See, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think it's made into a racial issue because in this day and age, like to try and find ways to divide people, right? And so, and so, I don't. I think it's it. I don't think it's a race thing. I really don't. I think it's a. I I don't know what it is. I don't, but see, I just don't I, think it's a race thing. I think it's see. I, I kind of I tend to think it is because it tends to be the same sort of group of people who are constantly banging on about how important it is that you must sing the national anthem, and they're usually but, the ones. I bet I can describe them for you. Let me describe who you're going to talk about. Right, Karen. Is <laughs> Karen banging on about it? Of course, she would be. She's trying to sell a fucking charm bracelets and those stupid fucking watch things that Benji Marshall was flocking a few years back. Yeah, I remember that. They were good. God bless Benji for doing that. I would have taken the money too. Good luck to you, Benji. Um, tell you, yeah, that's how you drive a fucking Lotus. You start selling fucking bangles that have... <laughs> exactly. um, the pe- Okay, the people... I'm going to describe the people... All right. ...that... Okay. They're on Sky News. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, now, here's the thing. Are those people, and, and I, I can see we can watch Sky News and be like, this is a racial group that I'm watching, right? When I see those people, I don't see the racial group. I see their socioeconomic group 
and in their privilege group. Do you see where I'm going though? Yeah, with yeah, this? yeah. Like, but and I'm I'm confident in saying that in in this regard, I think we're both right. Yeah. Well, we're not wrong, are we? Well, no, no, no. That's right. We haven't been wrong before. No. Nah. No. Nah. So that's the thing. It's it's a really weird thing. And yeah, you're right. It's it shouldn't it should not really be a racial thing. It, it is a bit more with Australia because it's not really inclusive of the Aboriginal people. When I say not really. It's not actually. Um, so. You know, I, for me, if, if a national anthem was to be, you know, a perfect national anthem would kind of be something more like the, the New Zealand one, where it's part sung in Maori, part sung in English. But do we really want to sing the national anthem twice? No, I'm not saying we're going to sing it twice. I'm saying, look, if, if, if you want to have a national anthem that um, is an even split between the uh, indigenous people, as well as the people who've arrived in the land, then that's mm. the way to do it. But the the All problem you can do is make make the verses shorter, so that when you sing it twice, you you're singing for the same amount of time. You're just singing less stuff. How do you make the verses shorter? You go like Australia, rejoice, we're free. Something about Gert, yeah, <laughs> Gert dude, and some C. Yeah, don't forget the Gert. Um. Yeah, something like that. Something, something about the people, and mention the indigenous people, not just all people, but mention the indigenous people because they were here first. It would be cool if, um, like, because the, our anthem is relatively young, right? So it's not like it's it was. You Wasn't know, it written some... by a pommy or something like that? Um, See, we can. Uh, this is why we stick to football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure it can also be sung to the tune to Gilligan's Island, but anyway, um, I think it is the actual theme tune for Gilligan's Island. They just rejig the the lyrics to make it more offensive. We should do that. So I, I I don't think the anthem was put together with the thought of excluding anyone, right? I think no, it was no, no. It was, it was the 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 genuine purpose of it was to try and make it so that no different peoples were singled out. Yeah, it's like, like you're every person all let us rejoice, you know? Yeah. I think so it it's... would be cool if they put in, like, a line or two about, like, you know, for 40,000 years or something. Like, it wouldn't take much. Yeah, I think changing things like young and free is something that needs to go. Why, though? Because it's not young. As you just mentioned, the Aboriginal people have been here for 40,000 years. That's not young. I, I like that free is in there, though. We're not even free. We don't even have freedom in the Constitution. Yeah, but, we, you know, we're, we're more free than other countries. <laughs> we're, we're more free can than we, other countries. Can we say that we're girt by freedom? We're, we're, uh, our home is girt by sea. There's, surely you could replace that. Surely you could replace our home is girt by sea. <laughs> that. You know, I mean, I love Gert being there. It's the only time Gert is used as a word. Actually, that that should just be the song. Just sing Gert over and over and over again. Just <laughs> you just Gert, like, Gert, 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 Gert. You know what? There's another Gert. song that has Gert in it. It's like Gert, 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 Gert. 
get, get, get. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> See, we've just we've just developed a uh, a theme tune for the start of the podcast. Yeah, it's only taken us two hundred episodes. Yeah, so it's a, good okay. a lot. So we're sorting this out. Like we're, we this is the difference between everyone else and us. We actually talk through this and try and come to solutions for things. Yeah, and, and well, for I, me, I, in the end, the solution is just just play the game of football and don't sing the anthem. My so leave, leave the anthem for government stuff and stop playing the anthems at sport. Australians all let us rejoice for we are old as fuck. Yeah, that's good. Are we actually going to go through the process of rewriting the anthem now? We might have to, hey? Yeah. Our soul, our soul isn't gold, it's red. Yeah. And wealth for toil. We hate fucking working in this country. Well, uh, I think the other thing that's interesting is that you don't really get wealth for toil because the people who do the most toiling aren't really being paid that well. Exactly. You but, find a footpath that's buckled up in the heat, you trip yeah. over it by accident, and then you sue the council. Yeah. It's called um, Mount Druitt Lotto. That's right. <laughs> um, it's more like wealth for micromanaging. Oh. What else could you say? Wealth for um, Wealth for oil. Wealth for oil? Yeah. Wealth for coal. Yeah, wealth for mining. Wealth for... Um, raping the land. It's not raping the land. It's just cutting giant chunks of it out and sending it to India and China. The land doesn't really consent to it. Yeah, but they, it's fucking dirt. <laughs> I don't think, I'm not going to fucking weep over dirt. <laughs> um, our land abounds in nature's gifts. That's oh, a, a beauty rich and rare. That's pretty good. <laughs> Don't you think it'd be pretty awesome? Yeah. If we had the only national anthem that had um, shit and and rape in it. <laughs> oh, this is a good start. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't don't piss far out on me on this one. We're, we're going. We're making good ground here. <laughs> I, I am backing this one up. I've got to say, Andrew, <laughs> we can't use the words shit, and we definitely can't use the word rape in our national anthem. Oh, no, you had your heart set on it. Oh. Is Gert still in? Uh, Alan is... Uh, Alan... Hang on. We, Australia's all let us rejoice, for we're old as fuck, with red soil and wealth from oil. <laughs> we need another line for our home is Gert by sea. Um, say this... Um, no, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. How good is Melbourne coffee? No. No, uh, no. <laughs> Todd Carney drinks his pee? No. I wonder if the pee would taste better than Melbourne coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, nine out of ten Mel- Melburnians wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, if, what if they were drinking Todd Carney's piss? They'd still say it was the best in the world. Um, <laughs> this is the best coffee ever, even though it's the wrong colour. I'm stuck no. on. I'm stuck on our home is Gert by C. Our you home. Gotta, it's because Gert's in there. You've got to keep it. Yeah. What rhymes with Gert? Bert. Overt. Dirt. Hurt. Sturt. Skirt. <laughs> <laughs> Frankfurt. Frankfurt. <laughs> uh, 
think that's everything. Luke Burt. Luke Burt. We got to get Luke Burt in there. Our home. It's hard to get Luke Burt in there, isn't it? <laughs> Um, it's as steady as Luke Burt's kicking tea. What? <laughs> what if you? What if you changed it completely and said something like, "Our home is something and free. Our home is overpriced and owned by the Queen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's factual. It, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. It almost works too. It's a little bit wordy. Okay, our land abounds in nature's gifts of beauty, rich and rare. That's pretty good. It's hard to yeah. You can't you can't muck around with that. No uh, one's upset uh, about that. In history's page, let every stage. Mm. The tensions running high. Shows on every face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, the big bad mean green machine. <laughs> Probably need to ditch the history stuff. In in history's page, let every stage. Yeah, in history's well, just in history's page, it's not it's not all it's not all apples. <laughs> that doesn't really work too well, but okay. you know. Okay, in uh, we don't like to talk about history because of. We, you know, we don't like it. Can we get something in there about the winged keel? Oh, man, that sounds like it should be in the same line as Gert. Yeah, I feel like we need to talk about the winged keel somewhere in there. You're not the whole, well, you know, I think you're right. And once we get through that first bit of the uh, Advanced Australia Fair bit, mm, mm. the whole second verse just needs to be about sporting um, accomplishments. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Just just rugby league and cricket. Maybe the Olympics. The yeah. What else was it that we've done? Commonwealth Games where we just fucking smash everyone every year. Only the three Olympics we were good at though. The rest of them can go fuck themselves. What was the and third yeah, one? Hey, because there was a there was Sydney. Yeah. Um, Melbourne. And what, what was the one after that? Did we do good at Melbourne? Yeah, we did better than we had in previous Olympics at that stage. So okay. we did pretty well in Melbourne. You could do Melbourne as well. And I feel like there's there was the one after Sydney we did all right in too. Okay. I don't know what that one was. Yeah, I can't remember where they held it. Who gives a shit about the Olympics anymore? Yeah, no one does. All the Commonwealth Games. Why do we still have the Commonwealth Games? Oh, the Commonwealth Games is good because we just sit there and absolutely just flat. It's, it's like watching the 97 World Club Challenge all over again. Yeah. It's like 75% of the places you play against are third world countries. And it's like the 1997 World Club Challenge. I mean, most of those places that the NRL teams or the Super League teams played, Australian Super League teams, they were just happy to have electricity at that point. <laughs> exactly. You know, fucking Halifax and shit. <laughs> they, were, they were happy to have electricity because then they could plug in their deep fryer. True, true. It's good. Yeah. Have you got any more other suggestions for the uh, national anthem? No, I think well, you put Farlap in there, obviously. Yeah, Farlap, um, Russell Crowe. Or is Winks made Farlap redundant now? Yeah. Oh, no, I'd still say Farlap. Okay. Um, 
What what the hell does Winx have to do to to unseat Farlap? Uh, I, I guess suppose gotta, get drugged and not die. Do we have to skin it and stuff it? <laughs> and then dissect it and put its heart somewhere else. Yeah. But, um, that's what... Yeah. I think I think so long as Winx can survive a poisoning attack, I think mm. that would be enough. Mm. Wasn't Farlap Kiwi anyway? Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> Edit point. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're getting into areas where we know some stuff. Oh, back to sport. Back to sport. Okay, here's some in- interesting news for you. Yeah. New St. George Illawarra Dragons coach Anthony Griffin believes the recruitment of two experienced forwards would complete a roster capable of ensuring the Dragons celebrate their 100th season in 2021 with a return to the finals. Do you have anything to say about that, Andrew Ferguson? Um... St. George Illawarra have been around since 1999. Yep. And 100 years from there, I put it somewhere around 2098. Yep. And next year will be 2021, a good 77 years short of the mark. Yeah. That's that's out by a bit. Just a little bit. Well, he's not there to do math. Um, No. So they're looking at uh, maybe picking up Josh Maguire, uh, Joe Offengowie, who actually would be an all right buy for them, and Jack Bird, who used to Uh play rugby league a few years ago. Um, They're some of the players that have been linked to the Dragons. And he's basically saying that he's not looking to do a rebuild. He's just retooling, and they're going to sort of, you know, be all right next year, which is, you know... He's lost James Graham. He's lost Tyson Frizzell. Yeah. And he signed players not quite... Well, one's one's at their calibre. I've got to say, though, if you look at it from the point of view of, like, they'll have a... If you think that Griffin is a better coach than McGregor, which I think all of humanity does, mm. they should go better, which, I mean, it's not going to be difficult to make them play better, right? It shouldn't be. Mm. Shouldn't be. Mm. Uh, depends what they do with their halves, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you were saying that uh, Gareth Widdop still looking to come back to Australia. Well, there, there seems to be these rumours that Trish keep coming up saying that he he's looking to come back to the NRL. Mm. He signed, I think, a three-year deal with The Wire. And he said he has every intention of seeing out that deal. So it looks like he's not coming back until that's finished. And he's only done one year there. So I don't know where these where this talk comes from. I assume it's people at Fox Sports trying to create a story because there, there aren't actually any or they're too lazy to get off their ass and go find one. So they just make one up and hope something sticks. It's a good point. There's also uh, Jackson Hastings is in that that sort of realm as well. Like there's mm. every so often there's talk that he is going to come back to the NRL, but it's like, it seems to be on an Island, these rumors where there's nothing else. It's just like, Oh, they're looking to come back to the NRL and that's it. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like they've gone on. Oh, we're going to show just how tuned in we are to rugby league by talking about what's going on in another country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but not actually what's going on there. Just some of the players who were in the NRL that we remember. Mm-hmm. Go, oh yeah, I think they're playing good now. One of them won an award, so he's coming back. 
or something like that. That's pretty much how they go. Uh, some, I know we talked about this before, but James Graham has announced his official retirement at the end of the year, which I think has it's. I think it's a good decision for him. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he comes back over here. He said he was going to come back over here to do media stuff when yeah. he left. But um, the interesting thing for me is that that leaves a gigantic cavernous hole in the front row for England going into the next World Cup, if we have it. And, you know, James Graham, he he wasn't probably at that level of being a test player anymore, but the next guy off the, you know, the next cab off the rank was worse than him. Obama, like, I, I know your thoughts on English players are a lot... Um... A lot lower than mine. I actually think James Graham was, was a, uh, a a damn good footballer for pretty much all of his career up until about this year when he decided to go back. And you yeah. know, it wasn't exactly a great season to to pull out your best work when you're a an aging front rower, obviously. No. Um, but I think even now the gap between him and the next best front row in England mm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he's still test quality, but um, I, I'm with you, though. I think he's done the right thing to retire now. Um, yeah. I don't know how they replace him. He's, his motor, his ability to play 60, 70 minutes um, better than any other front rowers they've got in England at the moment. The other thing is, like, who would be their captain? Yeah. Like, I, I, my guess is, if they're going to, like, if... I don't know if Roby has retired, but my guess is it would maybe be him. But Jeez, he's got to be getting on, hasn't he? Well, he looks like he's sixty-seven. Yeah, well, he he's looked like that since he was since he was actually back when he was sixty-seven years old. About <laughs> <laughs> English players, they age really, really hard. But um, yeah, I, I like he. It's thirty-four. It's Wow, holy shit. Um, wow, that's incredible. He's only a year younger than James Graham. Fuck. And he actually, he turns 35 next month. See, the thing about James Graham is he he's definitely a, a leader in terms of he'll get stuck in. He'll give you 100% of what he's got. Yeah. And I just don't see, I don't see who's going to take over from them. I wouldn't be shocked if... And I, at this stage, I think we're not going to have a World Cup. I know that that's a scary thought for a lot of people, but I just can't see it happening. Um, no, I mean, look at, I mean, in in France, they've got you know tens of thousands of cases per day of COVID. Same mm-hmm. in England. Mm-hmm. Um, Ireland's probably got about a thousand a day. Mm-hmm. Um, there'd be none in Scotland because Scotland's just too stingy. <laughs> they just all think they're hungover. Yeah. Um, There's too much alcohol there. The virus can't grow. <laughs> <laughs> Even fucking COVID doesn't want to go to Scotland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gets to the border and the Scotsman are <laughs> saying, no, we don't want you and anybody skiving off all of us. Piss off. It it hits Adrian's wall. What is it? Adrian's wall? Hey, Adrian's wall. Adrian's wall. That's it. Sorry, I've had a bit strength. It hits Adrian's wall, and it's like, we better take this as a fucking warning. Let's turn <laughs> exactly. back. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all rocky roads from here. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's 
I can't see it going on in England. It's not going to go ahead, obviously, in the US. It's not going to go on in France. Um, the only place that could possibly work is obviously New Zealand or Australia, given there's bugger all COVID cases here. Mm-hmm. But even then, given how many players in the Super League have been testing positive to, to COVID, do we let their national team into this country? I would be... Uh... Look, if they do the quarantine, I guess they can. But you know, for a, a, a if I'm looking at a World Cup preparation and the Super League season next year is probably going to, like, I think next year for Super League is going to be a funny sort of season again for them. And I wouldn't be shocked if it was a long season again for them. If their season ends late, um, I just you know, and then they get on a even if they got on a plane straight away come over here, did two weeks quarantine, sitting in a hotel twiddling your thumbs. It's terrible preparation. Like, and then they come up against, and, and I've just gone off the top of my head because I can't remember who's in their group, but then they run into, like, the likes of Fiji and Tonga who won't have to do that sort of thing. It, it's very, un, it would be very unfair to them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but England... They're going to have, twelve, I think, 12 teams in their comp next year. Mm. Just to, trying to figure out who the hell that 12th team is going to be because they're still mucking around with Toronto. Um, but that <clears> just <throat> means if they had just a normal home and away season, that's 22 rounds. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they want to chuck on four or five extra rounds on the end of you know derbies to try and get a bit of, eke a little bit more money out of the locals. Mm. And then go into the finals. Just ditch that crap. Just have 22 rounds and then have the top six teams in the finals, not the top eight. Why have you got eight of 12 teams in the finals? I think that they are very much... I I think at, at some point recently, Sky has stepped in and said, hey, there's some things we want. And I think that they're now going to be guided by that. We can only hope, because um, they need to shorten their season a little bit if they're going to get any value out of it. Um, and that would, I mean, that could that could save up almost a month of of footy at least. Yeah. Um, try and have the Challenge Cup a little bit more compact, so don't stretch it out from January through to you know October. Yeah. Especially when, you know. Not all the teams are playing in all the games. There. They're only playing like three or four games in their maximum. Yep, yep. So, yeah, tighten that up. Make it a bit closer, you know. And then, yeah, I think they can finish the season a bit earlier and that would give them time to prepare properly to, you know, if they have to come over and quarantine, they can do that. Um, and then <clears throat> they can play in a World Cup. But I can't, I can't see a World Cup taking place in England. Well, put it this way, right? If somebody said to you, you have a trip that is set up that you will be in England next September or next October, would you be pretty keyed up to do that? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Especially when you'd have to go over there. I don't, I don't think you'd have to quarantine to go over there, but you're going to have to quarantine to come back. Yeah, and that put so say you go through the final, say the finals in November, like you do two weeks quarantine, you're not getting out to see your family and shit for December. That's right. 
it's a it's a lot to ask. I just don't think it's going ahead. So just to give you a bit of an update on the coronavirus in the UK, on the twenty fifth of or twenty fourth of June, they had six hundred and fifty two cases. Mm-hmm. Around the same time, I think Victoria had the same number. Mm-hmm. So Victoria went into lockdown, and now we've had, I think, seven cases in the last week. Yeah, and no, and no yeah. cases. I don't think you had a case today, did you? I can't remember. It's, I mean, it's if we did, it's you know less than less than five or something like that. So mm-hmm. yes. Um, in comparison, England had twenty three thousand sixty five cases today. Yeah, and, and, and they, this is their second old oh, second wave. Yeah, so and this is much bigger than the first wave. First wave, they'll they'll hit in peaks of about five and a half thousand, six thousand. Mm-hmm. And this one's at twenty three thousand. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's outrageous. It's, it's out of control. Yeah, and there's it's not coming down anytime soon. France is worse. They're at forty seven thousand today. They're <sighs> twice as much as England. I wonder what the death does. It say what the death rates are. Uh, France has had thirty six thousand deaths. All up. All up. Okay, because I I've got a feeling that. And look, I'm the, just... The UK's had almost 46,000 deaths. Okay, I'm just... and But their, their deaths, they're not counting all of them. They're, they've been weird with their deaths in the UK. And, like, I'm just a, somebody that just, you know, doesn't know anything about any of it. But just looking at the numbers and my general feeling of what I'm seeing from a lot of the numbers, I feel like they know how to treat it a little bit better now than they did, say, four or five months ago. And I wonder if the death rates compared to how many people are infected per day are dropping. I hope that they are, because if they're not, I mean, there's got to be thousands of people dying every day. But, you know, I I know you and me have talked about this, I think it was maybe a week or two ago, we were talking off the podcast and we're like, we're not even halfway through this. No, no, it's all right. It's, and this is the thing is, while Australia's getting it under control, mm. the rest of the world are getting into their second, you know, their second wave because they're coming into winter. Yeah. And yeah. pretty much everywhere, the second wave is immensely worse than the first wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, was, I mean worse as in higher number of cases being found, probably mm-hmm. because testing's, you know, there's a lot more testing going on as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, the numbers are through the roof on the second yeah. wave, pretty much everywhere. So, um, so long as we've got a thing where the northern hemisphere is having having peaks at the same time we're having troughs and vice versa, you're never going to get this thing under control. No. And I don't, we don't know what's going to happen until we get through summer. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it all settles down over the next couple of months, and you know, it, it's. It's weird to be living through it. Oh, yeah. Now, while we're talking about England, mm-hmm. Super League had a forfeit game, uh, was it two days ago? I think, yeah, two days. Seems um, right. And Warrington beat Salford. Now, the thing why this one comes up is Salford actually, um, they had player availability issues. So they couldn't field their, a full team. And so... Warrington were not just handed a victory by forfeit; they were handed a twenty-four to nil victory. Mm. And this is the first time that I know of, anyway, um, 
where a forfeit has come with a scoreline in the Super League competition. There's been forfeits before, but they're in the Challenge Cup where all you have to do is win to advance. So the scoreline is kind of irrelevant in that sense. Yeah. As long as you get the win, you go through. So there's been a few forfeits there, um, especially in the early days. I think there may have been forfeits during the Emergency Leagues, which was the, the main competition during World War One and World War Two. Mm-hmm. And there may have, I think the more recent one might have been in World War Two's Emergency League and. 38, 39, something like that. Yeah. So it's not a common thing. What is common is a lot of games tend to get uh, postponed. So this one's a bit unique in the sense that they handed Salford a 24-0 loss to this. Mm, it, it really is. And I don't know where they got the 24 from. I, You know, if they're going to attach a, a points differential penalty to or a, a points differential advantage to one team or the other, you it, it would have made more sense if they said the average win loss margin is this in Super League this year, so we're going to apply that to this game, or that this is these teams their win loss percentage over the course of the year, so we're going to apply that to both teams. But to just come up with twenty four nil, I mean, it feels very arbitrary. Um, you know, a four converted try. Yeah, winning margin. It's I don't know. It just seems weird. Yeah, I'd I'd like to know how they come to that figure. Mm. Um, the only other time I can re- I can recall a forfeit coming with a scoreline mm-hmm. was an international match between and I think it was Russia versus Germany. It wasn't too long ago, uh, maybe a decade ago, and it was part of a international competition. So they actually had a la- a ladder on there, a table, mm-hmm. and. Russia was given a 30 to nil victory because Germany didn't field a team. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only other case I know of where a scoreline was attached to a, to a forfeit. But weren't you saying that was also written in the rules? Well, there was some some talk around that that was, yeah, that was part of the rules is that was the scoreline that was handed out mm-hmm. for a forfeit. Mm-hmm. But I can't recall any other time where a forfeit came with a scoreline. Yeah, so these a- are the only two that I know of. I, I didn't. It just made no sense to me, and it'd be interesting to see if um, we got to a point where, you know, we're close to the the final starting, and one of the clubs that the rugby football league would really like to be around um, forfeited a game because of COVID problems, and they had a twenty four point penalty in terms of their for and against, and it saw them drop out. Um, I tend to feel like something would be done to massage that result so it wasn't a 24-0 um, penalty in the, the differential. Yeah. It's mm. it's very interesting. Mm. It's very interesting. Um, there was a, a little bit of news today in the NRL. Um, this kid that was going to sign for South and Rugby Union were chasing... His name's Joseph Suwali, I believe his name is. Um, I think he's only I, 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 I assume you've pronounced that perfectly. I probably have. Um, he's going to apparently sign for the Roosters now, and apparently it was Sonny Bill Williams that helped convince him to become a Rooster. So uh, I, I feel like we should care about this on some level, but I'm not feeling any care level at all. No, no, I don't care. (laughs) (coughs) 
<laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, I can't believe how much um, media this kid has got, given that he's not played a game in the NRL. Um, not to say that he, he's going to be poor or anything like that. I genuinely don't know. I've not seen any video of him playing the game that's, you, you know, other than highlights packages, and highlights packages tend to only tell you one side of the story, and yeah. they tend to be a bit brief. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I've, I've not seen enough to be able to make a good judgment on whether I think he's going to be a, a good player or not at the at the elite level. So, who knows? Just never know. Yeah, it's... Uh... This is the same club that bought Ryan Hall, so <laughs> make of that what you will. Wait till we're paying him to play? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wonder if Ryan Hall will be running out for England in the World Cup. Yeah, you know what? He could probably replace uh, James <laughs> James Graham in the front row. Probably. Same build. Yeah. He's got same, the same size legs. It's probably a little bit slower than James Graham, I'd say. <laughs> probably worse hands, worse under the high ball, reads the defence worse. <laughs> Maybe you can hide him a bit better in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon you could stand him out in the fucking car park of the Sydney football stadium and he'd somehow give up two tries. <laughs> he would, yes. And two car parking spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how the fuck did you give up two tries and get the car towed? <laughs> Bloody hell, Ryan. <laughs> um... Yeah, what else is there? I think the only other thing I could think of was there was a, a story which came out where Brad Fittler slammed the West Tigers for losing Ryan Pappenhuysen. Yeah, very fair. I agree. I mean... Go on. Go on. Has, Go for it. Has Fittler only just woken up to how shit the Tigers are run? <laughs> the Tigers generally don't let talented players leave. No, well, they don't let talented players from other clubs leave for the Tigers. Mm, yeah. No, that, that never happens. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been through this before, but Brad, just, just given that you're, um, you're a bit fucking confused here, the Tigers had James Tedesco and Papanerzan was behind him. Now, young Ryan's realised that Tedesco is going to be hanging around at for a decade at least. So if he wants to play NRL, he's going to have to go somewhere else. So he asked for a release. Tiger said, yep, no worries. Understood. We understand. And so the Storm signed him, where he went down and he sat behind Billy Slater and Cameron Munster briefly. So no one no one batted an eyelid then. People only care now because he's playing good footing. He's about to play Origin. But he was stuck down in Melbourne behind, you know, two, two good players as well. And it just... Happened that the Tigers were really shit with contracts and they let Tedesco go as well. Well, maybe he just wanted to go. He did try to get to Canberra, I guess, before then. Mm. Um, so, you know, the Tigers were just shit. They just let two top-line fullbacks go. They do that sometimes. Yeah, but at least they replaced them with a good fullback. I mean, who was the fullback once Tedesco left? And Pappenhausen. Crickets. Who would it have been? Yeah, it's, it would have been a um, would have been a smattering of all sorts of different types of players. I'm willing to put 
I'm willing to put my knowledge on the line and say Dean Hallitow would have played fullback just because Dean Hallitow played everywhere at the West Tigers. I mean, statistically, I, I'm going to be right. Uh, I don't think to this. Uh, I don't think. Don't think you ever played fullback. You. Uh, you went close. You played in the centres a few times. Who was their fullback after Tedesco left? After Tedesco, let's see. They had Tui Lola here for a few games. I don't remember him. Um, <clears throat> Moses and Bai, when he first came over from the Bulldogs. Thanks, Ivan. Uh, Corey Thompson filled in a bit there. Mm-hmm. That was 2018. <laughs> wow. Feels like he's been at the Roosters forever, huh? Hey? Yeah, last year, um, Moses and Bai and Corey Thompson. And this year, Adam Dewey. That's pretty rough. But, well, yeah. At least Moses and Bai wasn't there. Yeah. Um, you were saying that there was a little bit of talk about the possibility of a, a one of the West Tigers' favourite sons. Go yeah, on. well, there's, there's this talk that um, the Cowboys have signed Benji Marshall. Mm-hmm. And in order to get him, the Cowboys realise they have to get rid of Jake Clifford. Mm-hmm. So they've got a bit of cap space to buy Benji. And so... Apparently, Clifford is being linked with the Knights. It's interesting because I would have kept Clifford and got rid of uh, Drinkwater. I probably would have kept Drinkwater and got rid of Michael Morgan. So, yeah, see, I mean... Breed breed up bigger coin because I think Morgan's... He's either going to have to retire from all the injuries and the head knocks Mm -hmm. or he's just not feeling it at the Cowboys anymore. Yeah, so I can't make plans around Morgan at all. Like, I just, he's not in my plans. You know, he, you know, when he did make his comeback, he was absolutely dreadful. And I think Benji would be a great signing for them, though. Absolutely he would be. Got plenty to, to offer still. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, Morgan. I wonder if uh, Clifford going to... The Knights, it, it, that's an interesting one. I wonder if they would then feel like they could move on Mitchell Pearce. It seems like that's what they're trying to do. Mm. You keep on hearing whispers about that, don't you? Yeah, and now that now that um, Kyle Flanagan's gone to the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. the Roosters have got a spot available. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be a weird move for the Roosters to get him back. Yeah. Very and, weird. And it would be, I don't know, I, I feel like if I was Pierce, I'd tell the Roosters to go fuck themselves, quite honestly. Yeah, I, I think I think he's he's okay at the Knights. I, I don't see why Knights would want to get rid of him. I think if they get a, a, a bit of an X-Factor type, Cody Walker type player at 5'8", mm. that would be the the best thing for Pierce because Pierce has just got to do the basics, kick, pass, that's it. And just let the X Factor bloke just do some crazy shit. You know, you've already got Caitlin Ponga doing it from the back, but if you had another one of those sort of guys, a genuine ball runner at 5'8", mm-hmm. you know, Cody Walker slash Jack White type player, and it'd add an extra, an extra bit of uh, dynamic, I guess, to their attack. 
Mm-hmm. It's, I think it'd be a little bit of X factor they need. What about if the Roosters are thinking to themselves, we get Pier- we get rid of uh, Jake Friend, we bring in Pierce's hooker, we play Kyrie's halfback, and have that young bloke play five eight. Hmm, it'd be interesting. It is interesting. Gives you a little bit of versatility as well if the young bloke doesn't work out immediately. Yeah. I don't know, the, the Roosters don't seem to be that keen on persevering with young halves if they can help it. Mm. They um, like to buy everyone. They do. I'm still surprised they let Flanagan go. I don't think he was that bad. No, I, I really, honestly, the more I think about it, I think that uh, there was maybe other factors that they weren't happy to deal with. Yeah, his dad. Yeah. <laughs> There's an interesting... Why you pick my boy? No, that was that was pathetic that he did you just that. imagine Cole's going, Oh dad. Yeah. Just shut up. Um NRL.com has used forty years of interstate rivalry between Queensland and New South Wales to put together a Frankenstein blues player that has all, right. all of the best parts of players from the last 40 years of New South Wales Rugby League. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, I'm just going off of the picture that they've put together. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so the head, Andrew Johns. Okay. The uh, shoulders, Robbie Farrar. I don't get that. I don't understand that. Is that to do with making lots of tackles? I don't know. Because if that's what it is, then fair enough. Let's let's have a look. Let me look down at their descriptions. Okay, I mean, such a like about him. He did he did do more than his fair share in defence. <clears throat> it says Hooker Robbie Farrer racked up the second most tackles in Blues history in his there sixteen games with seven hundred and nine. Mm. Would you rather Robbie Farrer's tackling or Cement Gillespie? I'd rather Nigel Plums, to be honest. <laughs> fucking okay. criminal. He didn't play Origin. Okay, Andrew Johnson. So where were we? Let's go back up here. Robbie Farrah's shoulders. The right arm, because the right and left arm are different. <laughs> the right arm is Wayne Pierce, <laughs> But the left arm is James Tedesco. The fuck is that? <laughs> this, this is com. This is good. It's good stuff. The uh, the torso. Okay. Just the torso, though. Okay. Bradley Clyde. I guess that's got the, you know, the ticker in it and the lungs and, uh, you know. I, I reckon Clyde's arms would be better than Wayne Pierce's, and I reckon Wayne Pierce's torso would be better than Bradley Clyde's. That's just me. <laughs> so... <laughs> The uh, the left leg <laughs> that belongs to Michael O'Connor. Okay, because he could occasionally kick goals from the sideline in, in the rain. Mm-hmm. And the left foot belongs to James Maloney. <laughs> Which is interesting because so, a, so you're not a... picking you're not picking O'Connor for his goal kicking. Then I mean, what else did he actually do? <laughs> I mean, it, that, he, that goes, he was the to- he was the token Rod Wishart signing. 
that says to me that his success as a, a goal kicker had nothing to do with his foot. His foot was basically just a club, you know? <laughs> it was all about his his leg itself. His leg was doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the foot was just there for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is yeah. the right leg belongs to Paul Gallen. I don't know why. I'll read about that in a second. But the right foot belongs to Ricky Stewart. Yeah, well, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard hard to argue with that one. Um, let me look up the right leg. So the imagine, left... imagine how far Ricky Stewart could kick a ball off if he had Gallon's right leg attached to it. I, but yeah, but Gallon's right leg is pretty small. Like, he'd be, you'd be walking around with a limp, yeah, I reckon. It's a lot more muscular than Ricky Stewart's legs ever were. Uh, so apparently it's about running meters. So Gallon's origin career may have been short uh, for on, seri- on series wins in the oh. face of the most dominant But the Cronulla stalwart never stopped trying, racking up 414 carries in 24 games, almost 100 more than the next best for New South Wales. Which 300, 300 more than the next person who had um, the most number of touches on the second last tackle of every set. Very, very true. It also says that uh, he was very good um, over three miles at Randwick. Um, not so much good in the sprint racing, though. So I don't know what that's all about. Was he good on a heavy track? Yes, he was yeah. good on a heavy track. Gallon's 3,457 metres at 144 per game, asterisk, has been picked <laughs> as the most... At the post for the most total meters in Blues history, by Jared Hayne. Wow, Jared Hayne may had more meters. Yeah, but Jared Hayne didn't actually run into people that often. Yeah, that's true. He that's took true. the soft option a lot. You know, that's what Parramatta players do. <laughs> really don't like Parramatta players. I, I don't wind them up. I thought you West Tigers supporters just hated Penrith. What the hell, man? No, we just hate. Well, this one just hates West Tigers. <laughs> That's why that's I get grilled over these days. All you do is bitch about the Tigers. Yeah, I bitch about everyone. That it's, that's a weird one. I hope they do a Queensland one. Well, let's let's do our own Queensland well, Frankenstein. I, I want to say just quickly here. Yeah. Yeah. How come there's no Tim Brasher parts in there? What if you? Well, you'd have to have Tim Brasher's scalp, right? Exactly. Tim Brasher's scalp. Mate, I'd say Tim Brash's courage. His, courage. his first Origin series, man, and he had to fill in at fullback. I think it might have been his second game. Melmaninga oh. streaming downfield at full pace. <laughs> and Brash just goes, I've, I know I'm giving away 400 kilos of this bloke, and he's the best player in the world and a future immortal. Mm-hmm. I've got this. Fucking grasping with a great tackle. Stop the try. New South Wales wins the series, makes them the greatest nation in the world. There may, like, be some, there may be some uh, some facts a bit hazy with time, but I'm pretty sure I got all that right. Yeah, from memory, that's all on video. Yeah. Um, I know he didn't play too many games at Origin, but I would like uh, to see uh, Craig Gower's dick in there because if it can scare an Irish backpacker, imagine what it could do to a fucking Queensland player. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think you'd want Craig Gower's drinking arm. He's drinking <laughs> Jeez. Um, <laughs> or, or his caddy. 
Okay, let's do a Queensland <laughs> Let's do a Queensland flat because I've got some really good ideas for Queensland flat. Right. So, which Queensland head do you use? I'm going. I'm going. Um, I am I'm going. Trevor Gil- oh, see, I was going to go Trevor Gilmeister because he's just a handsome bastard. I was. I was thinking it might have been about the brain. Yeah, and his brain. <laughs> Alrighty, what's the next what? one? What play is shoulder? Queensland is shoulders. Okay, shoulders. Yeah. Um, uh, this is someone who does a lot of tackling, is it? I guess. Okay, I'll go with Cameron Smith then. Okay, Cameron Smith. So who's got the who's got your Queensland right arm? What's the right arm do? Uh, lots. Well, if you're a Queenslander, it's lots of repetitive movements. Okay. Cooper Cronk. Cooper Cronk? Yeah, Cooper Cronk. All right. He, he, I tell you what, as, even as a commentator, he uses that right arm a lot. Um, what about the right hand, though? Well, hang on. Shouldn't, shouldn't Cronk be then the right wrist? Yeah, I guess we could make him the wrist. Well, yeah. who would be the arm, then? Oh, you need someone with a, with a pretty meaty arm. Yeah. Martin like Bella. Yeah, I'm willing to go with Martin Bella's right arm. Yeah. Yeah. Who what about the right hand? The right Someone hand. with the firm grip. Firm grip. Gordon Tallis. Yeah, that's a good idea. Jesus okay. Christ. Who, who, <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's going a who's going a left arm for Queensland? So what's the left arm all about? Lefty. I, I don't really know. Okay. Um let's go. Petro Sivanasiva. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, in the left hand. Um, left hand. What would I'm be... just going to try and think of a Queensland player that most people may have forgotten, but was pretty handy. Bob Lidner. Ah, oh, goddammit. Okay, okay. It's hard to argue with that. Okay, what about the uh, torso? I'm thinking Sam Bacco. Yeah, Bacco or Webke. It's one of those two. Yeah, one of those two, yeah. Let's go Bacco. Bacco. I like, I... I like Big Sammy Bacco. Okay, the uh, the asshole you got to go, Nate Miles. <laughs> well, what about Julian O'Neill? Well, I was thinking you go the the dick with that. <laughs> All right then, because uh, you know, yeah. Oh, you know what? Ooh, he just missed out on the hands. Who's that? Julian O'Neill. Oh no, it's okay. We've still got the shoes to do. Let's move on. <laughs> Left leg. Who who'd be a left leg Queenslander? Um, Wasn't Lockie a left footed? Oh, we, should, we should say that for the foot, shouldn't we? Left leg. Yeah, left leg. Your left leg. Uh, what about Michael Hancock? Yeah, the middle leg, surely. <laughs> that's, that's Julian O'Neill. I oh, know too many. Oh, yeah, okay, oh. we'll go Mick Hancock for the left leg then. Okay. okay, the right leg has to be Mal Meninga, right? Oh, alrighty. He had legs like tree stumps. Okay. Okay. Left foot, Darren Lockyer. Lockyer. Yeah. Yep. And the right foot, Jeremy Schlosh. Oh, see, I was going to say Dale, Dale Shearer. Oh, yeah, Dale Shearer. Yeah, I'm up for that. We've missed someone else out of this too, and that's Wally Lewis. Yeah, well, what would Wally Lewis provide? He'd provide the moustache, obviously, well, the and moustache. the hairline. Yeah. 
Um, what else is he going to bring? The guts. The guts. I'm I'm good with that. The guts, the heart, and the soul. Yeah. He brings all that good gear in them in there that you need to have. <clears throat> all the stuffing, basically. Yeah, that's that's Wally. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's Is there anything else we missed? No, no, that's that's pretty much all of the things that a rugby league player has. I can't agree with that. I think we've done a great job there. That was quick and easy. Yeah, yeah, it would be good Frankenstein's. We we should uh, we should make it clear though that Frankenstein wasn't the name of the monster. No, no. What was the name of the monster? Demon. Demon. Demon, spelt with an A as well. D-A-E-M-O-N. Okay, okay. So more Damon. Damon. Yeah. Like Damon Hill. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, but way, way more successful. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that was in, the Frankenstein was the name of the doctor who built the monster. Yeah, Dr. Frankenstein. And it was written by a woman. Mary Shelley. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I had to read that in year 12. Did you? Yeah, and going to all talk about the uh, Industrial Revolution and stuff out of it as well. Really. It was great fun, that was. I remember in year, etched on my brain. I remember in year, I think it was 10, they wanted us to read on the waterfront. Oh, yes. I didn't read a word. <laughs> Not a single fucking word. See, I... Um... I will, I will admit there's a bit of brag coming here. Mm-hmm. I did I did a bit of advanced English at school in, in high school. Mm-hmm. So I had to read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I had to read some Jane Austen books as well. Oh, really? Yeah. For some reason, we just had to read things that didn't flow and weren't very conversational. It's weird what they get people to read, hey? Mm, I'm surprised they didn't give a Shakespeare, but then again, it was a country school. They probably didn't know who he was at that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um, you did advanced English. I did five PE classes because I could. <laughs> I did, I did, <laughs> I did weightlifting. I did orienteering. <laughs> Do I did like, yeah, orienteering. <laughs> we never left the fucking school. <laughs> right, here's the cup of the left of the basketball court. Yeah, seriously, it was like I remember they there was a thing where it was like the. The teacher had put on a, out a thing. The teacher didn't like me. She was a handsome woman. And uh, she, there was like this course that she'd put out. And it was like, you got to go to all of the different things and write down a number or a phrase or something. And I remember just sitting down and watching everyone go around. And I went up to the people that were just about finished it and said, can I get a look at your list? And they're like, yeah, no worries. Sorted. <laughs> Um, and yeah, there, and there was like P, there was like two different P, like it was like PE1, PE2 or something. Then there was another one. Can't remember what it was, uh, but like we, we started off trying to lose, uh, trying to learn tennis and I was no good at tennis. I kept hitting the ball out of the court and, uh, eventually just ended up kicking a footy around on a footy field for the whole thing and passed it all. It was like all easy. That was easy. Yeah. I also did um, advanced maths for all of high school. Oh, did you? Mm. Nice. No. <laughs> what? No. It wasn't nice. Well, you look what it set you up for. It set you up to be the pre rugby league statistician and historian in the whole world. Yeah. It, 
that could have been much more easily done if they just taught me how to use Excel from year seven onwards. <laughs> so may have to figure out for myself from <laughs> nineteen onwards. I like the way that that they didn't teach us how to do our taxes, hey? Exactly. <laughs> they want all that to be a fucking mystery, don't they? <laughs> oh yeah, you can't know how to do that. We need to yeah. get the people employed. I'd say my school was actually in terms of the stuff that it had, it was well ahead of its time. But letting us use it, it was like way, way behind. So we had like one of those dual dual control cars and I only ever saw it out once. <laughs> um we had this this like really good computer room, which I was never, ever, ever inside of, despite always having computers my whole life and being really good at them. And then uh, our, our, our uh, science labs were very good. Um, but then I was in a science class once where the teacher literally, literally didn't let, like, just let us do whatever we wanted. And I remember he'd caught a funnel web spider really randomly. And I managed to go out and say I was getting food for this funnel web spider for weeks and weeks and weeks until a bastard died. And he, everyone in that class got 74%. He just gave everyone 74%. It was really weird. <laughs> what were you feeding it? Well, I wasn't feeding it. I was just getting out of class. I would just walk around, go and get something to eat at the canteen, just all sorts of shit. We didn't fucking get any food for it. You attempted to feed it. No, fuck that. It's a fun with spider. It's just in the impact that, you know, pizza had on it or something. Would have been interesting. Um, yeah, I, some weird stuff happened at my school. I remember in, because I was, I was actually in a regional um, school band. I ended, I'd started that when I was in primary school. When I went into high school, it was like my high school knew nothing about it, but they knew every so often I would disappear for a few days while I was doing like this band stuff. And for some reason, the, the music teachers didn't like it because they weren't involved in it. They didn't know what it was. And I remember that the music teachers once, uh, I had a music course and there was a few of my friends in this class and we had a really good music studio. We had all of the like the sound booths and stuff like that. So the teacher says to me to teach my friends, one of them wanted, was supposed to be like a trumpet, one of it was a saxophone, and one of it was a guitar, right? Mm. Now, I could have taught the trumpet. I knew how I could play a trumpet, among other things. Guitar and a saxophone, I didn't know how to play. So we would just went into these sound booth rooms and we'd just hang out, we'd chill. And uh, I don't know how my friends did on the the uh, the score the uh, tests at the end of it. I did so good. You were just being musicians then, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. All we needed to do was uh, basically shoot heroin, and we were there. <laughs> so you were silver chair before they actually started playing music. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, my my school really went downhill. When I first went there, they said you got to wear ties. Right, you got to wear ties and stuff like that. I never wore a tie. By the end of it, I was wearing jeans to school. <laughs> that wouldn't so, lasted long. Yeah, it went downhill really quickly. Oh well, look what you've done. You've yeah, improved Penrith, yeah. you know, insurmountably. Pretty much. Doonside High School. There you go. There we go. 
My school was not that one. No. What was yours? Tumbarumba. Tumbarumba. Yeah, the school of Barney Hazlitt. Ah, good old Barney Hazlitt. Yeah. He's a good player. He was. My uh, the player from our school at the time was um, we didn't. Re- he ended up leaving. I think in year ten, it was um, oh, what's his name? Well, it's not Barney Hazlitt, that's for sure. Danny, uh, Danny Galea. He used to play. He used to play for the West Tigers. Danny Galea, the prop. Nah, nah, I'm thinking of someone else. Um, no, he, he was a centre, but Tim Sheens made him into a prop. Damn. Was it him? No, it was a it was a West Tigers player, and he was a utility player. He's a little bit undersized to be a forward, but that didn't stop the West Tigers playing him. Yeah, Danny Galea was at the West Tigers. Let me look it up. I don't think it was Danny Galea, though. Let me have a look. Danny Galea. I feel like it wasn't Danny Galea. No, it wasn't Danny Galea I'm thinking of. Okay. Man, I forget his name. Oh, anyway, we used to play footy, but he was a few years above me, and then he left. I guess he went to a different school for his footy. Well, it wasn't a better school because obviously didn't do much for his career. <laughs> he did all right. He was a solid player. He ended up going Super League. Damn it! I wish I could remember who it was. Project. I'm going to go on Rugby League Project and find out who it was, hey? Yeah, there's only uh, there's only about 31,000 players in there. It, it's all right. I'll find we'll, you. We'll, we'll sit here and we'll wait for you to go through them all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So where are you starting at? At Ocar. It wasn't him. It wasn't <laughs> Glenn Eyre. <laughs> it wasn't Josh, Josh Alloy, Alloy, eh? Uh, was it him? No, it wasn't Break the Nasta. Uh, <laughs> talk about something. I'll find him. I'll find him. I'm sure you will. No, I was just hoping to uh, to keep the silence on. I was going to actually ask you how yeah, you got the computer on. Have we had any emails? Because I haven't asked you that for quite a while. I haven't looked, hey. You should fire that up where, you, where you're looking for... Um, I can't. It was Ben Galea. It was Ben Galea. Oh, Ben Galea. Oh, he was yeah. a good player. Yeah, Ben Galea. I like Ben Galea. I think he's a video ref now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he used to... I don't know if I've talked about it on a podcast, but we used to play these big games of footy across the Oval when I was at high school, and he always used to say he was knowing Andruku. Uh, it was good fun. <laughs> yeah, so he's, four, he's 42. So he was like eight eight years above me at high school. Yeah. Did you know that he played 99 games in the back row over in England? Oh, really? Couldn't play one more. He played all of his uh, footy in Hull, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, played for Hull. From memory, he played... Okay, uh, and he then he went to, to Hull FC. Rovers in 2008. I think he only made 22 appearances, though. No, he and... played for Hull KR for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean in his first season. Um, and then he ended up at uh, Hull FC... In 2013, he made uh, 15 appearances from memory. Yeah. 126 games for Hull KR, 15 for Hull FC. Mm. Yeah, he did good. He did real good. From memory, he played... Like, he started his first-grade career at Balmain. Ended up going to the West Tigers, obviously. Yeah. About 152 games all up, something like that, in the NRL. 
Oh, I can't tell off the top of my head. It'd be something around that mark somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Probably one somewhere around, especially those days there. The Tigers had a pretty decent sort of time of it, I guess, by the time we finished. So they probably won about 42% of their games or so. About that, yeah. I think he was born on uh, on a Wednesday. A Wednesday? Yeah, I think it was a Wednesday. I think because it was the... He must yeah, have missed Wednesday. it to you. It was the 16th of August... 1978, yeah. Yeah, just off the top of my head, you know. Yeah. That would make him, what, 42 years and 76 days old? I have to do the math on that. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just off the top of my head. Just being an expert and all. Experting all over the place. Exactly. I like to expert all over the place. Mm. So we've got any emails? Uh, let me have a look at the emails. We've got I'll, – I'll go to the website because the best place to get in touch with us is uh, the website because the website – oh, man, if I go to the website, it would be better The because the website is just emails from from our listeners and it's easier to see them, whereas my – the email address podcast at com, you kind of get lost in a lot of website techie stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, um, hello, League Freak, would you like to buy this domain? And you go, no, oh, I think so. I've found your website on Google. Your Google ranking is very low. You should employ me to fix your Google rating. How about go fuck yourself? You found me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, last, The last one we got was on October 13th. Oh, two weeks ago. It's a bit about Mitchell Moses. We, uh, we still, we read that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing new then? No, no no new emails. No one's contacting us anymore. Yeah. I mean, you're still listening, obviously, but yeah, what's going numbers, on, people? Numbers have been good, hey? Yeah. Come on, people. Send us some emails. Yeah, send us... You know what? I I put out a thing saying who do people want to hear us interview, and there were some good suggestions. Um, some of the people we actually have lined up to talk to, not Matthew Elliott, um, Damn. but I, I, it'd be interesting if you want to hear like from like someone really random, not even a person, like if it's like, what if we talk to a heart surgeon or something? Well, you know what I'd like to talk to you? Somebody that's been attacked by a large animal. <laughs> How large does the animal have to be? At least a prop. At least a prop. Um. Okay, so that rules out my cat then. Yeah, yeah, your cat cat doesn't count. Although I would like to talk to somebody that's been attacked by a mountain lion. Well, kind of. Here's a here's a random thought for you, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Do you know that there are lions, native lions, that are in India? No. Like proper lions, they're called Asiatic. Uh, Asiatic lions, there's only about 400 of them left, and yeah. Well, that would explain why I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I didn't know about it until last week. There you go. Mm. See, now we've learnt something. Yeah, yeah. That's we've a, good note. That's a good note to leave the episode on, isn't it? I reckon, yeah. Tell everyone, stick around for the ending, you'll learn something. We should come up with a fact every episode. That's a great idea. 
Although that would require a little bit of uh, prep, and I don't yeah, that, like prep. That, that's your homework now for every episode. Yeah. You're going to give us some sort of strange fact. I'll, and I'll do it off the top of my head. I promise I won't research. How about that? Sounds good. Mm. I'll be a challenge. I wonder how long this will last for. Tune in for the next episode, and I'll tell you where the G-spot is located. It's in the middle of the driver. It's right where you keep your credit card. <laughs> it's next to the other pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, um, so on that note, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make mm. sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FergoFreakPod. Uh, we're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, so check us out over there. Um, as Freaky said, we've got our own website where you can send us a, an email on there as well as the uh, the direct email we've got as well. Mm-hmm. And Manscaped. 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 Um, yeah. Go to com. Buy anything, everything. Um, when you get to the checkout, type in the uh, NRL for your code there. That's our gift to you. You'll get 20% off of free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee, which you're not going to need to anyway because everything's perfect there. Exactly. And and when you buy your perfect package, you'll end up with the perfect package. Perfectly summed up. Mm-hmm. And while we're at it, don't forget to go over to patreon.com slash leaguefreak and help out one of the longest-serving independent rugby league content creators there is out there. I have no bosses. No bosses. No bosses. And the Completely way I can independent. do that, Exactly. And, like, I can, I can literally, and have done, have told people to fuck off, because I own all my shit. If you want to keep letting me tell people to fuck off, when they say, oh, it's like, fuck off. <laughs> if you want to keep the fuck off going... You go to patreon.com forward slash league freak. No spaces. That's it. Mm. That's what would you do, though? Right. Here's a question for you, Andrew. What mm. would you do if you wanted to be part of something really important, which is the digitization of rugby league history? Well, if I had my way, you'd go over to patreon.com slash project mm-hmm. and you'd make a donation there of anything you choose from a dollar up to... $3 million a month. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be helpful. Um, but, you know, I'm not greedy. I'll take $2.5 million. <laughs> Maybe Sarah Hansen Young can chip in. Oh, she's struggling. Yeah. She's struggling on her several hundred thousand dollars a year that she earns. <laughs> it's hard work at the top. Really? Um, yeah, so go help us out there. That'd be fantastic. And I suppose that wraps this one up. Yeah, it's been a good episode, I think. Um, thank you to all our listeners. We don't stop. All these other podcasts, they run out of steam when the footy stops. You and me don't. We just no. keep pumping it out. We just keep steaming. Yeah, we're the best. <laughs> Full of steam. Yeah. You know That's what us. the other thing is, too? Mm. It's all real stuff as well. Oh, yeah. I love don't that about the podcast. <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you all next time.